Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. I wanted to just uh, reiterate a couple of things, okay? Uh, today starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many people were involved in the prayer and fasting last year? Come on, let me see you. Listen, whew, there's a lot of hands not up. I am so excited for you. And you're thinking, Clint, you done lost your mind, dude. I am not fasting. I'm, I'm gonna eat in the next three weeks. Okay, I got good news for you. You don't have to fast food, okay? So uh, you don't have to give up food to be a part of a fast. You can. If God's calling you to do that, go ahead. I know for me, uh, part of my fast is gonna be fasting lunch every day. And during that time, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna focus on what I'm, I'm gonna be praying for. Uh, but some of you, you're like, that sounds like a little intimidating for me. Well, do what we call a soul fast. If you don't want to do a food fast, do like a soul fast. Get off of social media for three weeks. How many of you could use a three-week break from social media? Come on, don't lie. I, there's not enough hands up, okay? You'd need a break from social media for three weeks. For some of you, you might want to do a Netflix break for three weeks or streaming break for three weeks. Or maybe you want to stop listening. Some of y'all are like, hey, no way I'm doing that. Right? Yeah, I see. I see. Don't lie. I got you. That one's harder than food. I, we've done both. That one's harder than food, I would say. Maybe some of you are like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to, I'm only going to listen to worship music for three weeks. I'm going to plan out time during my day. Uh, I know last year, I think, Christiana, you did all entertainment, right? You did nothing. I mean, yes, she works for a podcast and wasn't listening to podcasts. I mean, it was that. But whatever you feel like, sorry to put you on the spot, Christiana. Uh, whatever you feel like you need to do, do it. All right. Um, and you're like, okay, okay, I might get rid of social media for a few weeks. That's great. But what do I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay. There's, we have so many options for you. We probably made it too complicated because we have so many options, but this is the easiest option. Okay. Out here, we have these free books for you. It's called Pray First. And uh, this will walk you through uh, how to pray. Like, if you're like, I don't really know if I can talk to God for that long. Well, this book will help you and it's free for you. You can get this and it'll walk you through different prayers in scripture. It'll teach you how to pray scripture. Um, it'll teach you how to pray. And there's stuff in here. You can write down what you're praying for. It's really, really great resource. So if you're like, I, need, I might need a little help, which I'm going through some of this stuff, by the way, all right, then get this book. There's also an app that's called Pray First that you can download, and uh, you can, it's the same thing as the book, it's just in an app form, and it has music built into the app that's like instrumental, really pretty worship music, and uh, so that'll help you focus up a little bit as well. You can get those two things, okay? Um, and everybody should have gotten in. There you go, Vanna White. Thank you. You're way prettier than she is, by the way. You're welcome. Our anniversary is coming up, and I'm really excited about it. How many years? There you go. Good job. Okay. I'm the one that remembers most of the time in our relationship. Okay. Everybody should have gotten this card when you came in. Everyone hold up this card if you got it when you came in. Did we not give these out? Okay, go get them, yeah. We're gonna hand these out to you. These are our prayer cards, and uh, I wanna challenge every person in here to fill out a prayer card. Every person, I don't care if you go here, if you're not even from here, if you've been coming here, fill out a prayer card, all right? These can either be confidential or they can be, I turned on the air, I see, I know, I turned on the air, I see people fanning back there. Listen, I turned the air on, it was on the heat, I turned on the AC, 
Give it a little bit, all right? And then we'll, we'll get through this together. I might be shirtless by the end of this message, but we'll get through it together. Um, I might, if, if I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, that's why. Uh, keep them closed, please. I'm joking. I wanted, what, did I, what am I even talking about right now? Um, prayer. All right. Wait, really important, okay? Uh, prayer. I want everybody to fill out a prayer card. If there's anything that we could do for you, it's pray. And uh, I, we want to pray for you. Our prayer team led by Miss Kim in the back. I don't even know. Half of y'all might not even know who Miss Kim is. She is the salt of the earth. She's amazing. And she prays for you more than your mom does. I tell you right now, she prays for you more than anyone else on planet earth. And so do we, Seth and I do. And uh, we want to pray for you. If it's something that's a little sensitive and confidential, there's a prayer box out there. It looks like a little white treasure chest. Drop it in there and it won't be public. It'll only be for our prayer team and Stephanie and I. And uh, we'll just pray for those confidentially. But if you don't mind, we'll hang it up on the board and our church can see and be praying for you as well. So everybody, get a card, fill it out even while I'm talking, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? Everybody good? We all feel good today? Come on, I need a little bit something, something. Okay, there we go. Hey, today is Vision Sunday. I'm so excited for today, and uh, I'm excited for what God is gonna do. I'm excited for the word. I gotta get this stuff off there, babe, here. This is driving me crazy. I'll get it all back. Yeah, give it to me later. Um, Uh, I'm excited because I believe God gave us a word for you and for our church. And if you would just give me a few minutes, I think that your life can start to change this year as God begins to do what only he can do in your life. All right, I'm really excited for today. And if you're here and man, you don't really go to church, you don't even know what you think about this, you can still get something out of today. All right, I really, huh? For sure, okay, I thought you said your shirt. I was like, what? I'm nervous. One time I preached for like five minutes and my fly was down. And uh, anytime she says something like, is it happening again? Huh? Okay. Am I good? Okay. Golly, we should pray. Lord, help us today. I'm also tired. I'm staying up for the Dagum Titans game last night. And my, part of my fast is praying that we get a new offensive coordinator. That's all I'm saying. I'm praying for it in Jesus' name. Um, okay. Very special, special day today. This is really our first Vision Sunday. Where are we going? Uh, What does God want for you this year? We're gonna talk about all of that today. But today, I really wanna talk to you about investing. Y'all say investing. I wanna talk to you about investing, and not just with money, but with every part of your life. Now, how many people in here, y'all have some sort of investment accounts? Come on, it's okay. All right, how many of you, keep your hands up, don't understand what is really going on in that investment account. Okay, great. All right, see, I don't even have one. So, but I wanna talk about investing today and I wanna talk about it when it comes to your life. Uh, make no mistake, all of us have something that we can invest. All right, all of us have something we can invest. But the problem is, is that many of us are not investing into what matters most. You're not investing what matters most into what matters most. Instead of investing, we're spending. Y'all say spending. You're you're, you're not investing, you're actually spending. And there's a huge difference between the two. And I I wanna highlight a couple things. Here's Here's what I have. It says spending, it actually refers to money that you disperse, but you never really see again. 
Like you, you spend it, you get something back, and you never see it again. Investing, it refers to spending money that you want to see again, but with higher returns, right? Like I want to give $100, I'm going to invest $100, and I hope to maybe get $250 back one day. That's the difference. Spending, you can take a $2,000 bonus at work, and you can buy shoes, Christmas, a TV, clothes, something off Amazon. You can do all this stuff, but if you an investor can take that same $2,000 and they can put it into a mutual fund and see something far greater come back to you over time. Spending, some of you spend your time driving to work and you're listening to the radio, you're listening to music, you're listening to podcasts, you're doing whatever. But investing, you could be listening to books, audio books, and you could get through dozens and dozens and dozens of books and learn the equivalent of a college degree in one year if you just listen to books on your way to work. You're investing your time differently. Some of you, you might spend your weekends going out, hanging with some friends, partying a little bit, getting to know some new people, but it's kind of surface level. But I wanna talk to us about like, what are you investing? Because you could be investing that time. And you could be investing into relationships that matter, that will go the distance to true friends that are going to be there for you and everything. I want to I ask you today, are you a spender or are you an investor? Now, how many couples in here, you would say that your spouse is the spender of the relationship? Are you raising your hand as an example or are you saying that I'm the spender? Okay, she's right. All right, all right. So, so some of us, we like to spin, man. We like that new stuff. But I want to encourage us today how we can be an investor. Does anyone have a wild guess of what our word for this next year is? It's invest. Invest. And I don't want you to think about that only from our church's perspective, but from your personal perspective. Are you an investor or are you a spender. We don't want to be spenders. You don't want to be a spender. You want to be an investor. We want to strategically place ourselves and our resources in a place where we can't, we're not going to see just a normal return. No, no, no. We're going to see an eternal return on our investment. Something that lasts beyond us, that can last for generations, something that's eternal. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a spender. I wanna be an investor into the things that matter. And as we look at this idea of investing, I wanna show you in the scripture a story that you might not even know, a story that you may have heard before, but I want you to think about it maybe in a different way today. It it happens in 2 Kings chapter four, starting in verse six. If you wanna get your phones out, go ahead and be getting there. 2 Kings chapter four, starting in verse six. Uh, But before we get there, uh, I wanna kinda help set the stage a little bit, all right? I wanna set the stage is what we're talking about. This story centers around a prophet named Elisha. Y'all say Elisha. Elisha, he was one of the most famous prophets in all the Bible. He came after the prophet Elijah, okay? So this is Elisha. And Elisha, he had a double portion of what Elijah had. 
He did twice as many miracles. Uh, he, he had, I mean, it was crazy. And actually, a lot of the miracles that Elisha did were actually mirrors of what the miracles Jesus would do when Jesus would come here. Uh, it was actually really, really cool. He was involved in doing a lot of amazing things. But one of the most imperative things that you have to understand about the role of a prophet is that the prophets, they represented the voice of God. That was how God, they didn't have the Bible, okay? They didn't have what we have today as the Bible. They had prophets. God would speak to a prophet and the prophet would deliver the message to the people. Oftentimes they would go to the king so that they they had a lot of influence because the king could get the word out to the people. And so kings, a lot of times hated prophets, by the way, because they brought bad news. Like the prophet would go, hey, God told me that your whole family's gonna die tomorrow and you're gonna have famine in the land for the next 15 years. Peace, you know, he would do, and it was just, he would be delivering terrible news. So a lot of people didn't like prophets, but all their job was, was to deliver the word of God. When you interacted with a prophet, it was like you were interacting with the word of God, with God. And so you have to understand that as we get into this story. Uh, And so here's what it says in 2 Kings chapter four, uh, maybe starting in verse eight. I may have had the wrong one. It says this. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband one day, I'm sure this man who stops in here from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and let's furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he'll have a place to stay whenever he comes by. And so one day, Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to his upper room to rest. And he said to Gehazi, this was his uh, servant, he said, tell the woman from Shunem that I wanna speak to her. So he's like, hey, go get that woman whose house we're at, go get her, and I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Like, you've done all this for us. Like, what can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king? Remember, he has a lot of influence. Or to the commander of the army. And she said, no, my family actually takes good care of me. It says earlier she was wealthy, right? She was pretty well off. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi again. He said, what can we do for her? Like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something we could do for her, right? And Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. And she said, no, my Lord. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. She was like, this is too good to be true. Like, you better not be lying to me or I'm gonna come after you, you know? That's what she was saying. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha said she had. That's insane. And it makes me a little emotional thinking about it. We have two little babies in this room right now that a year ago weren't even here. And now they're here. And I love that. And I just think about the timing of this and how Elisha, huh? Three. There, yo, there are three. Four. We're growing the church the old-fashioned way, baby. Come on. Listen, be fruitful, multiply, you guys. Y'all. All the men are like, amen. I'm joking. Um, we're at church. Okay. This woman, she can, she can teach us something about investing. 
she can teach us a thing or two about investing. She took what she had and she invested it in the right place. The Bible tells us that she was wealthy, she had financial resources, and she could have done a lot with that money, by the way. She could have purchased something, she could have spent it, but she decided to, instead of doing that, she was going to invest it. And she invested it into the things of God. She took what she had, and she invested them into the things of God, and she made room for God, literally. Like, she made room for God. And that investment, it took time. Like, if it's anything like our home or maybe your home, that little roof part of her house may have held a lot of clutter, and it was just like the junk part of the house. She, she would have had to have cleared that off, right? Like, it would have taken talent, someone to come in, a contractor to give a bid on how much it was going to cost to build this room on top of her house, right? Uh, she, had to, she had to get an engineer to come over there and see, like, is it even possible? Is this a load-bearing wall? Is it even possible for this man to live here, right? Like, she had to do a lot of things to make this investment worth it. She was going to invest into the things of God, to the word of God. She had to buy the supplies. She had to pick out the decorations. She had to get a couple bids. She had to deal with the inevitable setbacks that happens on every HGTV episode of every home renovation show, right? Like, hey, we hit her water main. It's going to cost you 10 million more dollars to do this project. That probably happened to her and it probably cost her more than she realized, but the investment was worth it. She had to stay committed to the investment that she was making. She said, no, 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 this man of God is gonna have a place to say, I'm gonna create room for the man of God. And that's how investments work. Spending doesn't work that way, right? Spending doesn't require those things. Spending is just an exchange of goods. You give someone money and then they give you a product, right? Like that's just how it works. But investing is something entirely different. It requires some intentionality. It requires some research, some work, some diligence. It requires time. You're not going to see a return on your investment the day you make it. It takes time. It takes time to build up. It requires some stewardship. It requires something from you, but spending is very transactional. And sadly, I think especially in the Bible Belt, the church has become this transactional place. And maybe you've experienced that before. Like it's, they just want something from you or maybe it was, I'm gonna walk down an aisle, I'm gonna pray a prayer, I'm gonna get into the country club of heaven when I die and that's it. Like we're just making this transaction. But let, let me tell you, your walk with God is so much more than something that's transactional. That's part of why we started this church is we didn't wanna be a church that promoted this transactional type of relationship with God because God wants a relationship with you. He wants your heart. He wants the investment that you want to make. He's wanting much more for you. And when you spend, you don't get something for you. It doesn't come back to you in return, but when you invest, you can have more that comes for you. The most blessed people I know are the ones who invest into the things of God the ones who serve God, the ones who give generously, the ones who give to the next generation, the ones who are faithful in spending time with God, the ones who encourage, those are the ones that are most fulfilled that I see. They're the ones, the ones that make the spiritual investment are the most fulfilled people that I know. They're the most blessed people I know. So why is that? The ones who invest, they see something that others don't see. They see that God has God, what he has to give you is greater than any investment that they make. 
They understand that, man, I might be investing my time right now. I might be investing my resources right now. I might be giving up my Tuesday night to go to a Bible study or a small group. I might be giving financially to this church. But what God has is greater than anything that I can invest. And they realize, man, that they're blessed. Why? Because God is a giver. God wants to bless you, by the way. And, and you see that when you deposit an investment into the kingdom of God, the return is always eternal and it's always greater than what you put in. You're always going to get an eternal reward on that investment, an, an eternal uh, return on that investment. And so we're believing that God is calling Oasis Church to invest more this year than we ever have. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, we're going to be investing into the next generation like we never have before. We want to see that grow this year. We want to, we're going to change the locations of where we meet. We're going to try to attract families that have students, and we're going to have a thriving student, student ministry, and we're going to continue to have a thriving kids' ministry. But guess what? That takes an investment. That takes resources. That takes money from our church's bank account to make it happen, right? Like that takes intentionality. That takes people. That takes time. That takes having phone calls with different parents when their kids are going through. Like it's an investment, but we're going to invest more in that than we ever have this year. It's exciting to anybody in here. Come on, we're going to invest into the future. I'm excited. We're going to invest into the future home of Oasis Church this year. We're going to be intentional about saving. We're going to be intentional about setting money aside. We actually uh, were all but finalized our budget for this year. And, uh, man, we want to save anything extra that comes into our church. We want to set aside so that we can be ready when God provides an opportunity for us. So we're going to just make that investment. We're going to push it aside. We're going to save so that whenever the opportunity comes for our new church home, wherever that is, whenever that is, we're ready. So we're going to invest in our future. And not only that, we're going to invest in people this year. Man, we're going to build a leadership team, and we're going to put our best into these people that are going to then be able to serve our church better, and we're going to make that investment. We're investing this year as a church more than we ever have with intentionality, which means we're going to have to say no to certain things that we want to do. We're going to have to say no to certain things that we want to buy or want to, like we're going to, but no, we're going to invest in the right areas. And that means we might not see a return for a little bit, but I'm okay with that. I want to invest in the right areas. But that's how Oasis Church is investing. And that's just, a, you'll get more and more of that as the year goes on. But I want to challenge you to invest in things in your life. And I want to challenge you to think about where am I investing my time? And the first thing I want to challenge you is invest in your walk with God this year. Invest in your walk with God this year. Spend time with God every day. Make the investment. You're not going to feel better after three days spending time in God's word. But imagine three months every day spending time in God's word. Man, what about nine months or a year after that? Like, what is your life going to look like after you make that investment every day? Invest the next three weeks in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Do it. Sacrifice something. Give up. Focus on God during that time. I mean, my gosh, we've seen God do miracle after miracle from people deciding, I'm going to make that investment. Invest in relationships this year. Listen to me. Join a group and go to the group after you join it, okay? Like, don't just go to the first week, first two weeks. Invest. Make the time. Get to that group every week. 
get through that book this, that we're doing this next eight weeks. Well, I'm really busy. You make time for what you want to make time for. Invest it. Invest that time. I promise you the return is going to be so much greater. Keep digging. Keep sharing. Keep showing up. Even if you don't want to be there, show up. And watch what God does with that investment. Invest in your walk with God this year. The next thing is this. Invest in your family this year. Invest in your family this year. Invest in your marriage. Put date nights on the calendar and in the budget. They don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be crazy. Invest in your family. Invest in your marriage this year. Steph and I, I'm super excited. We're going with some other couples here. Doing a little marriage conference this year. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, Huh? Anyone can go. I don't have the information on it. I'll get it to you, okay? You, anyone can go on that. But spend less time on your phone at night. Like quit, quit sending each other reels on the couch, which we did last night for a long time, and we were laughing. It was very fun. But get off your phone. Talk to each other. Invest in your marriage a little bit, okay? Invest in your kids. Listen to me, parents. Be into what they're into. Play that video game with them. Rot your brains out together. It's okay. Like, but spend time with your family. We did so much of this during Christmas break. We beat Donkey Kong. We beat uh, Mario. We played Fortnite together, me and Ruben. We did board games. I mean, we were investing time into the kids. And you know what? I like that doing that stuff too. It was fun. It filled my tank as well. But be into what they're into. Eat at the dinner table together. Sit together. Eat. Don't bring your phones there. Talk. I always try to have questions ready for the family. Like, hey, tell me one thing that you really loved about last year. What's one thing you learned last year? And we just sit and we talk about it. Invest in your family this year. And listen, that, that investment might not pay off immediately. But when they go through that breakup and that really dumb kid breaks your daughter's heart and you want to, like, strangle this little boy for making your daughter cry, they might come to you because they trust you because you've been making that investment in their life over and over and over again. That's worth it. Invest in your walk with God. Invest in your family. Invest in your church this year. Invest in Oasis Church this year. Invest. Start giving this year. Put, put God first. Give God the first 10% of your income this year and, and see what God can do in your life. Give an offering this year, something above that. God might be moving in you to go, I, I need, I, God's calling me to give this right now. I, invest, do it. Watch how that begins to change the lives in this church, in this community. Watch it, it it'll be amazing. When we move into that building one day, and we have a, a, our own space that we don't set up and tear down anymore. And you see those chairs that you're sitting in every week that are real stiff because they haven't been broken in yet. And, and you can go, I was part of that. And you see that little, that person, that single mom come down and give their life to Jesus. You got to be a part of that. When you see us going out and serving in this community, and we do things like on serve day or we do give a meal and we hand those turkeys to those people and we, we help. You get to be a part of that. Help us. Make the investment. Even financially, make that investment this year. Serve this year. You give it to me. Thank you. Serve this year. Do you realize how many kids are in kids right now? Um, like 26? Yeah. There's a huge need, by the way, for our kids' ministry. 
People don't just appear and get to serve in kids. Like, we need people back there. And you know what? It's fun. Like, is it fun? It's fun, dude. He got wrapped up like a gift a few weeks ago. I, he did too. He loved it. Sadie, is it fun? It's fun. And you don't have to, I'm not, I'm not asking you to prepare a message and teach. I'm asking you to go have fun with kids. Like, it really is fun. Go, and, but we need people to step up and invest that time in there because the, so goes the kids' ministry, so goes the rest of the church. If we can't grow in there, we're never going to grow in here. And, and listen, God's called us to much more than what's just in this room right now. So, hey, s- sign up to serve. We have this, this form right here. You, you can all sign up today, whoever wants to serve. This is our background check form. Uh, Robin has it in kids' ministry. You can go back there and get it. This is, you'll fill this out. We'll do a background check on you. Make sure you're not crazy. And we'll have an interview with you. And we'll talk through everything. And listen, and after we do the background check, we'll shred this because it has personal information. And then you'll get a book. And this book has like, hey, here's what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. This is how we interact with kids. This is very important. Our kids' safety is paramount at this church, by the way. It almost, I would almost say it's above spiritual stuff. Because we can't have spiritual stuff if our kids aren't safe. All right? So this, this keeps our kids safe. It keeps you safe. It protects you. It protects the kids. It protects the church. It's really, really, really important. Okay? But here's the deal. We need people to make that investment in our kids. Serve this year. Step up. Get in there. Have fun. Men, I'm talking to you. They need some godly men in their lives to be back there. Not just women. I thank Scott, my gosh, he goes back there and he serves all the time. Nate, I thank you for doing that back there. Those are the only two dudes that serve, by the way, in our kids' ministry. We need some godly leadership and some men back there. Some people that they can, they, those, uh, my son and some of the other boys that are in, can open up to and talk to about stuff. We need you guys. Let's step up. Let's invest this year. Let's serve this year. Let's show up more this year at church. Man, let's just keep coming back. Well, I haven't been in a while. I'm afraid of what they're going to think. We don't think anything. We think, please come back. You're going to love it. Your life's going to change. And my gosh, like, I love seeing people that I haven't seen in a long time because they get inside the presence of God and they get inside the presence of other people and their lives begin to change a little bit. Come on, in, oh, this is a good one. Invest in the invite this year to church. Invite people. Say, hey, why don't you come with me? I loved it. Uh, the Stubblefields brought like their entire neighborhood to Christmas time. I love it. And I love seeing y'all's relationship with your neighbors, by the way. It was so awesome. Invest in the invite because they might come, they might get to know Jesus, and they might change forever. Their marriage might be amazing after that. Their kids might have a community that they can plug into. My gosh, you don't know what's going to happen, but invest in the infight and watch what happens next. This woman, she invested her time and her resources, and she got something that was way beyond her wildest dreams. She, and here's what it says. It says, later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is old. Uh, Call her back again, Elisha said. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, I want you to to remember that, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Listen to me, church. When you make room for the things of God, it gives you proximity to the blessings of God. I'm going to say that again. When you make room for the things of God, it gives you proximity 
to the blessings of God. I love that in verse 15, it says, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, she stood in the doorway. Because she made room, she was able to come close. She walked up to Elisha's room and she stood in the doorway. Had she not made a room, had she not made that investment, she couldn't be close to the things of God. She couldn't be close to the person that could change everything in her life. But she invested into the things of God. And she got close. And she was able to be in the room, in the doorway. She was right there. And because she was right there, God gave her something that she could not have done for herself. She couldn't have gotten pregnant on her own. You know, and you're thinking, well, yeah, she was rich. She, she could make the investment. Listen, all of you have something to invest. And I'm not just talking about money. You got time. You got gifts. You have energy. You have different resources. And here's the deal. Wealth has a lot of benefits, but it cannot eliminate childlessness, nor can it fully control the future. And so this woman, she made that financial investment, but that, like, she, she couldn't just make herself get pregnant. She needed an intervention from God, and only God could do that. And all of us, listen to me, you all have something that only God can do in your life. And God is waiting on you to maybe make that investment of like, I'm going to sit, I'm going to pray about this for 21 days. Forget lunch. I'll be hungry. But I'm going to pray about this for 21 days. And all of a sudden, you start to humble yourself, and you start to recognize that God wants to intervene on your behalf. And all of a sudden, he's going to start moving in your life. Make the investment. Do it. But if you've ever made an investment before, you understand that there are sometimes the investment can go south on you. Have you, anyone ever in here had like a, a, an investment go a little bit bad? You, you maybe lost a little something, something? Bitcoin people, right? Like y'all, I don't even know what that means. I just see it on the news a lot. Well, this happened in this story. So what do you do when the investment doesn't go how you wanted it to go? Let's continue the story. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, she stood in the doorway, next year this time you're going to be holding a baby in your arms. And she's like, no, don't get my hopes up like this. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. At that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha said. And one day her child was older and he went out to help his father who was working in the har- with the harvesters. And suddenly the little boy, he cried out and said, my head hurts, like my head hurts. And his father said to one of the servants, hey, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him in her lap. Around noontime, he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and he left him there. Notice this. When tragedy strikes, when the unexpected happens, when your world gets turned upside down, what do you do? What did this woman do? She took her son back to the place of God. She took her son back and put him in the investment that she had already made. She put him back in the things of God. She put him back on the the bed of the man of God. She returned to the place of God. She brought her problem 
and put it in the place of God. Don't miss this. Listen, your life is going to take a turn at some point. If it hasn't already, it will happen. And if it's already happened, it'll happen again. Okay? Tragedy will strike. Your world's going to get turned upside down. We're human, humans living in a broken world. Things are not perfect here. But how we respond is crucial. How you respond is crucial. At this moment, it would appear that this lady's miracle was over. That the investment went bad, that things were over. But what did she do? She took her son and she placed him in the only place where a miracle could happen again. She went back. She said, no, no, no. This is where it happened once and this is where it's going to happen again. And this is where a lot of us mess up. Something bad happens uh, to that blessing that God's given you and, and you blame God for the pain that you're going through. But in reality, we just live in a broken world and things happen. And we try every other option before we come back to God. We try every other option before we sit down and we pray about it. We try every other option other than bringing it to the feet of the one who can change everything. And she made another investment to the things of God. Uh, This time, it wasn't in the form of money or material things. She invested her energy. She she invested her effort. And she decided that she was going to do, uh, she wasn't going to do anything unless God was going to do it with her. She went all in. She said, no, I'm doubling down. I have faith in God. I believe in God. And she knew something that a lot of us don't understand. She understood that God was the one who began that work in her. And she knew that he would complete it. It says this in Philippians. It says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. God gives you a return. He gives you that blessing. And sometimes things don't work out the way we want them to. But you better believe that God, who began that good work in you, is faithful to complete that good work in you. That means, man, when this church plant gets hard and we are tired and struggling, God that started that good work is going to be faithful to complete it. That means, man, when you've been praying for your son and it looks like that, man, he, he might be making some progress and then he backslides again. Listen, God began the good work. He's faithful to complete it. That means, man, when you're trying to get your marriage back on track and you're still struggling and you still can't figure this thing out and it still feels like, man, I just, I don't think we're gonna make it. Hey, God, that began, he began that good work in you. It's faithful to complete it. If we bring it to him, if we make that investment into the things of God. And so what does this woman do? I love this story. It shows the love of a mom that only a mom has. She takes him upstairs, she puts him on the bed, and, uh, and she leaves him there. She doesn't tell anybody, by the way. We don't have record of her telling anybody that her boy's passed away. He's laying up on the bed. She goes to a servant and she said, get ready, we're about to go. Actually, in the King James Version, it says, she looked at her servant and said, girdle your loins, because we're about to get running, okay? She loaded up on a donkey, and she rode by herself with her servant 20 miles on a little donkey. I mean, she was probably whipping the bejesus out of that thing, getting it to go. She's going, come on. She gets to the man of God. And she gets there and she's begging him to come. And he's like, well, my servant would go. And she makes a statement that some of you need to make today. She says, I am not going unless you go with me. I'm not going. I'm not taking another step 
I'm not making another decision. I'm not taking this into my own hands. I am not going unless you're going with me. Some of us need to have that same attitude toward the things of God. During these next 21 days, God, I, I'm not moving unless you can go with me. I'm not doing this unless you go with me, God. Because you understand that the power of God is way greater than the power that you have on your own. I'm not going unless you go with me. And sure enough, Elisha, he agrees to go. And it says this, when Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead. Lying there on the prophet's bed, he went in alone and he shut the door behind him. Then he lay down on the child's body. This is weird, I, I admit it, okay? Placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Weird. Elisha got up. He walked back and forth across the room once, and then he stressed himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then he, he summoned Gehazi. Call the child's mother, he said. And she came in. Elisha said, here, take your son. She fell at his feet, bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. She took her son in the arms and carried him downstairs. When you make room for God, it puts you in proximity to the blessings of God. You know what happened? She put him in the place of God, and what did the man of God do? He got as close as he could possibly get to that thing that needed a miracle, that boy. He got face to face. He was right here, arm in arm, hand in hand. And when we lay our things into God and we make that investment to the things of God, God begins to draw close. And when God draws close, that's when stuff happens. And I want to tell you today, the same God that rose that boy from the dead is the same God that we worship today. It's the same God that you can make an investment into. I'm going to get the worship team up here. Y'all go ahead and come on back up. We're going to sing another song. I want to challenge you. 21 days of prayer and fasting. This might be time for you to bang on the door of heaven and say, God, I'm not going unless you go with me. God, I need you. God, would you come close to this problem? I invite you in. Make that investment. Watch what God does. Watch. I'm so confident. I see three babies back here. I'm confident that God can do anything because we prayed for one of those babies. This is first time here. Bless you back there, little man. <laughs> and uh, listen, I love it. But maybe you need to make that investment over the next three weeks. Pray. Make it serve this year. Invest in your marriage. This is the year where we're going to invest personally and as a church. And we're going to see God do some amazing things. Come on, bow your heads and close your eyes with me really quickly. I went long today. Forgive me. Got a little excited. There, there might be some people in here who have never even made the decision to follow Jesus. And I would tell you, that's the best thing you could ever do. And it's not transactional, by the way. I'm not wanting you just to come down here and pray a prayer, fill out a card, and boom, you get to go to heaven when you die. No, I want you to invest your life in Jesus. That's what he calls us to. So if that's you in here and you wanna make that decision to follow Jesus today, 
on the count of three, I just want to ask you to raise your hand and put it down real quick. And then I'm going to lead you in a little prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But this is just a way for you to say, hey, I'm ready to take that step with Jesus. All right, one, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. All right, you can put your hands down. If that's you, you can repeat this after me. Say, dear God, I need you. Thank you for what you did. And God, I will live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, y'all give God a hand for the decision that people made. I want you to get up on your feet really quick. We're going to sing one more song together, then we're going to be done. I know it's hot in here. I'm wearing a sweater. Trust me, I know how hot it would be up in here. But hey, go all in. Let's worship God today like we never have before. And because, listen, the same God that did that for that woman's son is the same God that wants to intervene in your life today. So maybe this is a time where you can go, hey, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm gonna go to the back. Steph's gonna go to the back and we're gonna be praying for people. If you need prayer, just come back there. We'd love to pray for you and love to do that. And then, again, fill out that prayer card. We're gonna give it to the prayers team uh, on the way out, huh? I did that already. All right. What? Okay. All right. Well, hey, let me pray. We'll continue the worship. God, we love you. We thank you, God. We give this time to you. I thank you for the blessings that you've already given us. But God, we look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's worship together.